Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. Well, when you talk about good old favorites, that you, that's you with Dr. History, what are we going to talk about? Well, I have to first tell you about a very historic occasion that happened last Tuesday on Uh-oh. January 1st. Uh-oh. I turned 70. You did? 70 years old. Well, may I say it's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've already gone. I, what, I, you've gone past My that, horse so. ran over that hill a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we go. Now, you've heard of a lot of men named Bill. Yep. So I'm going to welcome you to the legendary world of a guy named Barney Idaho Bill Pearson. I'm bet you've never Barney heard Idaho Bill yeah, Pearson. I bet you've never heard of Idaho Bill. I have not. Okay. He was a rancher, a bronchbuster, he was a wild animal hunter, he was a showman, and a friend of Buffalo Bill, Wild Bill, Pawnee Bill, Billy the Kid, Deadwood Dick, Luther North, Theodore Roosevelt, and President Calvin Calvin Coolidge. He was crushed by a horse, jailed for murder, sued for wrongful death, and divorced by his unfaithful wife. He was a natural showman, and he never let the truth get in the way of a good story. And the uh, head elder at his church. (laughs) I don't know. What an interesting guy. So we're going to talk about Idaho Bill. Okay. Okay. Now, there's a certain Colt single-action Army 45. This old revolver is mounted behind some glass among the firearms collection at the Hastings, Nebraska Museum. And it's a fine old Colt, always demands attention. But there's an inscription on the ivory, on the grip, that kind of gets your imagination. It says, quote, from Buffalo Bill to Idaho Bill, 1916. Okay, that's really? written on there. Uh-huh. Now, we all know who Buffalo Bill was, but who was Idaho Bill? So here's the story of a man who was called many things, not the least of which was Idaho Bill. I see. Okay. <laughs> so his name was Bunda, Bunda R. Pearson. It's a lot easier with Idaho Bill. I, I know. So I'm going to say Bunda for a little while. Hello, Bunda. Yeah. So he was born in Sweden. In 1868, he was four years old when his family came to America. In December of 1872, his father, Knut... Okay, that's probably not pronounced right, is it? Canute or Newt? Hey, listen, you're, I would have said Newt, but you, okay. and, the, you and your Canute are fine. Okay, well, I'm going to stay with Canute. <laughs> okay. Anyway, they settled uh, southeast of Hastings. Remember Canute Rockney? Yeah. I, it, it was Newt Rockney. That's right. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch over to Newt. Okay, good. So they settled uh, southeast of Hastings, Nebraska, near the old Oregon Trail. Now, Boonda had a natural talent with horses, making it easy for his father, Newt, to teach him how to ride as a youngster. He left home at the age of 11 to work on a ranch in Kansas near the Republican River. Now, he spent the following three years working on a ranch near Fort Kearney, Nebraska, and he helped break horses. And in the 1880s, 15-year-old Boonda, by then they started calling him Barney. That was a little easier. Uh, A lot easier. And he worked on J.H. Bart's Hat Ranch near Pocatello, Idaho. Have you ever heard of that one? Oh, I wonder if that's the Hart family of Wolf Hart and... uh, Well, it's it's, uh, the Hat Ranch near Pocatello. Yeah. J.H. Bart... 
Oh, Bart, you said. Bart, I thought yeah. you said Hart. I'm yeah. sorry. So I was, it, I was thinking of Bunda. Yeah, not too far away from us. Okay. Well, in the meantime, his father, Newt, added to his land holdings uh, by purchasing a small ranch in the Snake River Valley of Idaho, uh, maybe on the recommendation of his son. Anyway, apparently, the father, Newt Pearson, was concerned that his son would fall in with those who, quote, threw a long loop. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure what that means, but well, I have it, an idea. It means like they didn't have too many borders, and when they went to town, they had a lot of fun. <laughs> okay. So his father was concerned about I that. I don't know why I would yeah. know that. Yeah, I don't know either. Okay. So he promised Barney an overseas trip if he would manage the Idaho Ranch until the cattle went to market that fall of 1886. Now, although he had a reputation as a first-class bronc rider, Barney had less success riding the ocean waves on a ship across the ocean. I couldn't do it. Quote, I kept losing my temper along with my meals until I got used to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be me. Oh. So he says he walked the streets of Paris in his untrimmed hair, goatee, Stetson hat, boots, and a holstered six-shooter, even though he was relieved of his revolver by the local police officer, he kept the gun belt on. So picture this guy walking down the streets of, uh, in Paris. And here's one thing he said. He said, quote, I guess the Frenchies were scared I'd get a wild hare in the butter and drop one of them. Maybe even thought I'd scalp one of them. Who knows? Well, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's blunt, all right. Okay. Anyway, so Barney Pearson hired on with various American cowboy exhibitions that were traveling through Europe. But in 1887, there being no place like home, he recrossed the Atlantic in a tramp steamer. So now he's back in Nebraska. What's a tramp steamer versus a regular steamer? I do not know. I don't know. You knew know. I was going to ask I you know. that. I, and I don't know what a okay. tramp steamer is. Okay. Uh, but in Nebraska, Barney became a renowned horsebreaker and dealer in Bad Bronx, which he rented to cowboy contests and rodeos. And Pearson delivered the first horses to the Pueblo, Colorado Fire Department. Now, while he was in Pueblo, he met and married Sarah or they called her Sadie Tifty, in May of 1891, and a daughter, Millie, was born later that year. So now he's married to Sadie, and she's going to come into the picture here in a little bit. Oh, we'll wait. Yeah, okay. So the family moved into Hastings, Nebraska, so Barney would be closer to a rail shipping point for his horses. And by the turn of the century, Barney, complete with boots and a 10-gallon hat, was becoming well-known in the West when he became known as Idaho Bill. Now, we really don't know why or how, but uh, maybe he patted himself after his friend William F. Cody. Since Buffalo Bill's Wild West performed in Hastings six times between 1886 and 1915, so uh, I don't know, I guess maybe he thought that was a good uh, oh, name to throw. He wore the goatee and everything, yeah, huh? Yeah. So anyway, Barney's business of supplying Bronx to rodeos and western exhibitions were successful, but he decided to produce the exhibitions himself with some hired hands. Mm -hmm. Now, his first big show was in the Tatersall Armory in Chicago. He offered prizes of $1,000 and a $500 bill to any cowboy to ride his worst bronc. Really? That's a lot of money. Back in those yeah. days, yeah. Now, in 1902, he sold a carload of horses to a Hastings stockman and a livery employee named Walter McCullough. Now, remember this guy McCullough. He's going to come big time into the picture here in a minute. Okay. All right? Now, to celebrate the sale, McCullough was a dinner guest of Barney and Sadie at their home. 
And later the same year, a Bronco fell on Barney at an El Paso rodeo, and he asked McCullough to look after his horses while he recuperated. Uh-oh. Okay, well, McCullough did a little more than that. Barney soon learned that Sadie had been seen with uh, him uh, on a few occasions. I see. All right. She filed for divorce in 1903, but she and Barney reconciled before going to court. Now, Barney continued to find McCullough with Sadie and even complained to McCullough's wife. Now, Mrs. McCullough. So, soon after, the Hastings police broke up a fight between the two men, with McCullough being hauled off to jail for assault and carrying a pistol. Mm-hmm. It gets better. Oh, it does. <laughs> Unfortunately, things didn't get any better. Using the business end of his six-shooter, Barney forced McCullough on his knees to swear to knock it off. Uh-huh. Okay? You he got that picture? Didn't, didn't pull the trigger. Though. No. Okay. No. But he had the, the, the business end. Yeah. Now, stepping, stepping off the train late on the night of July 28, 1906, Barney walked to his home, where he saw a party in progress. Party. A party. McCullough was there. Uh-oh. Barney was a little mad, more than a little mad. He retrieved a shotgun from his father's home nearby and asked a local reverend to accompany to his house. He asked a reverend? To go with him to where the party was going Ooh, on. Oh, boy. Now, while the reverend tried looking into a window, Barney went to a big window at the rear of the house. He brought the shotgun up and fired through the glass. McCullough nearly went down but caught himself and ran out the front door. He soon collapsed and was helped to a nearby home. Uh-huh. Got it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, now, so the police were called to the Barney's home to investigate. They were well aware of what was going on. Sadie was less than truthful with them when asked who was at the party. They observed a partially empty beer box near the blown-out north window and the damaged front door and furniture. Uh-huh. <laughs> Now, the policemen were soon summoned to the house where Dr. C.V. Arts treated McCullough, and it didn't take Sherlock Holmes to connect McCullough's wounds with the shooting at the Pearson home. Right. And, of course, Barney became the prime suspect. Absolutely. Why not? The next morning, Barney found himself in the Adams County Jail. The charge of, quote, malicious, 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 <laughs> You and your canutes. Mal- maliciously <laughs> shooting. <laughs> With intent to kill, wound, or maim. Okay, end of quote. Okay. Had to, and this I'm had glad to, you're not a judge. I know. Anyway, this had to be dropped when Walter McCullough died from his wounds. Uh-oh. Now, he died that afternoon with his wife and four kids at his side, and now Barney's now charged with murder. I see. No, so not just the malicious thing. Okay. <laughs> now, while waiting for the trial, Barney was sued by McCullough's estate for $5,750 in damages. Barney's wife, Sadie, had filed for divorce, claiming that he was unmindful in his duties as a husband and on one occasion pointed his revolver at her and threatened her and threatened to kill her. Out on, now, so now he's out on bond. Okay, okay. Barney. Barney's out Idaho on bond. Bill. Idaho Bill. Uh, Barney was shot at late one night behind his house as he stabled his horse. Neighbors heard the shot, but neither Barney or Sadie would comment. Oh. So somebody might have been Sadie? Uh, who knows? Yeah. Or a friend of oh. McCullough's. I don't know. Oh, okay. So a verdict of not guilty was brought after a second trial in May of 1907. So Barney, Idaho Bill Pearson, was a free man. 
Now, back to work, he supplied 19 outlaw horses to an exhibition held at the Chicago Coliseum. Barney's largest rodeo production was held in Dewey, Oklahoma in 1912, where he met Will Rogers. Really? Now, the two would meet again in 1932, when both were asked to speak at the Adventures Club of Los Angeles. Hmm. Now, during a campaign visit to Hastings in 1912, Theodore Roosevelt noticed Idaho Bill and waved him to come over to his car. So somehow he knew him. He'd met Barney at Cheyenne and never forgot him. And Roosevelt insisted that he ride to the train station with him. Really? They they were buddies. Now, in Chicago, Barney made connections with the S&A Film Company, which was founded in 1907 by George Spoor and Gilbert Bronco Billy Anderson. They, the camp company hired Barney, the owner of Idaho Bill's Cheyenne Frontier Exposition, and filmed his performers to provide realism for their 1900 film, The James Boys in Missouri. Really? So that has to be a, t- uh, a silent film. Well, you know, yeah. The James Absolutely, Boys. Absolutely, yeah. Well, within 10 years... Uh, Let's see how much time we you got. Uh, six minutes. Okay. So within ten years, Barney was roping wild animals to sell to zoos around the country. In 1920, he was very noticeable while driving his Model T in Omaha with a bear eating a lemon stick candy in the back seat. This is a real bear. This is a real bear in the back seat. Barney was different. Yeah. Now, the stunt provided him with several lecture appearances in the city. People kind of wanted to hear him speak. Now, July, during July 1931, an El Paso, Texas newspaper reported that Idaho Bill was visiting again and stated he carries a 45 Colt pistol given him by Buffalo Bill. That's the gun we talked about in the beginning. Right. Now, during World War II, Idaho Bill used his showman skills to help boost sales of war bonds. By then, he traveled in style in a Cord convertible and a Lincoln Zephyr. Now, as I recall, those were pretty fancy cars back then. Yeah, at that time, then. yeah. yeah. Now, Barney was living in Los Angeles when he died on November 28, 1942. His daughter, Millie, returned his body to Hastings, Nebraska for burial in what they called the Parkview Cemetery and buried right beside his ex-wife, Sadie. I bet she loved that. <laughs> yeah. Matching mo- modestly appointed headstones marked their graves. Now, Barney, Idaho Bill Pearson, probably didn't know Wild Bill as he was killed while per- Pearson was eight years old. Yeah. He probably didn't know Jesse James or Billy the Kid either. But uh, this leaves us with a little bite of Western history that, uh, as I mentioned in the beginning, if you can't improve on a story, you know, why tell it? You yeah, know? And, really. And I think Idaho Bill kind of was a, a little bit of a, you know. How long did he stay here in Idaho, though? You know, it never even says that he came to Idaho. Well, no, he did. He was in Pocatello. Yeah. But after that, it never does say that he really even came back here to so put he, on his shows. But he owned property up there. Yeah, up okay. in, in near the Pocatello. It, it would be kind of fun to go through the archives and find out that, uh, who bought the property and whatever there. Yeah, because his dad, Newt, you know, uh, it says Snake River Valley of Idaho. Yeah. So it has to be up there in the Blackfoot, uh, Pocatello yeah. area, American Falls, yeah. somewhere up in there. But uh, so that's the story of Barney, Little Barney, Boonda, Idaho Bill Pearson, yeah. and his yeah. dad Canute. <laughs> his dad Canute, <laughs> who Newt Rockney was named after. Yeah. <laughs> but then they figured out how to pronounce Newt. You know, there are some really uh, interesting stories in the Old West. 
And one thing I want to ask you about, and I think we've talked about this before. Uh, I was watching a television show the other night, a movie, an old movie, and uh, they got everybody loaded on the stagecoach and took off, and they whipped, and they yelled, and they screamed, and the horses were going at a dead gallop. That didn't happen no, in the old no. days. They and, didn't do that. And the perfectly matched set of four or six horses? No. You might have a mule next to a horse. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes a horse that uh, so skinny you can count all his ribs. But Hollywood has destroyed really the truth about the old west. Yeah, there's some that have been good, that, that and not just western movies, but history in general. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's stories out there that uh, are pretty good, pretty accurate, and others not so. Good. Can you imagine being in the coach? And I can say this with all honesty and sincerity because I've been there, done that. Uh, I've been up on top of the stagecoach. When they're going heck for leather, you know, right. at a full gallop, and uh, it's hard to hang on. Can you imagine what it would be like in this movie the other day? They came off a, a great big incline, and the horses were going at a full gallop. How would you like to have been one of the passengers inside that stagecoach? Oh, man. You know, it's fascinating to, you know, if I could go back in time, like 200 years or 150 years, just, oh, yeah. just to spend a day somewhere in the old West. Uh, and just watch, just yeah. see the things that happened. You know, I, it would be fascinating. And, and the other kind of uh, phoniness about the old West stories. They really weren't that good of shots with those Colt 45. <laughs> they weren't. They no. weren't. Uh, I'm going to tell you something I'm doing, Zeb. I've got a project this year. Uh-huh. You know, over the few years, I've had people say, well, you need to write a book. And I thought, you know, there's been a lot of books that have a chapter on Billy the Kid, Jesse James, Butch Cassidy. And so, Zeb, I've actually started to write a book, but it's going to be a historical novel. And my goal is to have that finished by the end of this year. And we'll just see what happens with it. I'm kind of, uh, uh, it's uh, kind of a first-person story about the things that happened with famous people. Yeah. So, anyway, we'll see how that turns out. And uh, It's not easy, let me tell you. I've been trying to get mine finished for the last year. And right around the corner from where you're sitting, in a little box, are all the pages that are strewn in that box. Yeah. And now yeah. all i got to do is figure out how to unscrew them. <laughs> well, good luck. We'll see a year from now how I've done. Well, yeah, both of us. We ought to try to have the, the same date of uh, departure from the publisher. Yeah. Well, give me a uh, give me another month or so. I'll see how far I get. <laughs> well, now you're going to be here for a while, right? Oh, yeah. Good. Not taking off. Good. And uh, can you give us a glimpse into what Knut's going to do next week? <laughs> I think Knut's dead, <laughs> and uh, as is Buffalo Bill and Idaho Bill uh, and all the other bills. So uh, yeah, not a clue. Okay. For next week, uh, you ought to talk about the, the old guns of the old west. You ought to talk about that because with the Colt forty five. And the 44. I mean, in the movies, you know, they hold them out there and there's no recoil. Are you kidding me? I've shot those guns. Yeah, I have too. And yeah, yeah, they don't just sit there like a cap gun. No. You get a little recoil action there. I want to thank you for an excellent job. You bet. And by the way, Happy New Year. Thank you. And be sure and extend the same to Canute. (laughs) Next time I see (laughs) you. See you later. (laughs) Oh, Dr. History, great.